Welcome to So Far So Rare. I'm joined by Nushdaddy. I, I thought of that today. Do you know, I was actually having a nap before we come on here, Sean, and I had that in a dream. I mean, I, you that you just like daddy at the end of words, just like daddy, daddy. It's really creepy. I love it. Yeah. I actually, this should probably be story of the week, but I'm going to tell you very quickly. I am, everyone needs this context. I am so far out of the loop. It is incredible. So for the last seven days, I got back last night. It's six o'clock UK time when we're recording. I got back last night at 5 a.m. to bed from seven weeks, all inclusive in Paphos in Greece for a friend's wedding. And I actually married my wedding. I married him. Like I was the officiant. I didn't get married. Do you know what I mean? So... Um, just speaking of daddy, I told them all, you can call me father, John, but that's a little bit formal. <laughs> so call me daddy. They like I mean, <laughs> makes sense. So you, you wanted them to refer to you as daddy, John. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Gets me going, there you know, go. gets the juices flowing. But, um, Sean, it's been a big week or two in so rare. There's been a lot of wee changes, a lot of, a lot of stuff happening. When did we last speak? Probably a few months ago. Yeah. A couple of months ago, I think, I think we did something in like February, maybe. Yeah. How are you feeling about Sora at the minute? Uh, things have seemed to have stabilized, I guess, uh, that that I'd say. I know there was some more rewards, uh, tiers, issues this week, uh, mm. which, I mean, that just seems to be a common reoccurrence that doesn't get uh, corrected. But for the most part, um, every recent announcement has been met with positivity, which we haven't had that for a while. So, yeah, I mean, that's true. a... a yeah, that's a good turnaround, I think. I, I mean, people were obviously very upset with Lister play. Funny thing is, I will say that I expected people to be like fire blazing out of their heads when uh, Sower announced the um, the percentage off the secondary market, but they lumped it in with Lister play, and then people literally didn't even mention the 5% fees because they were so upset about Lister play. Yeah. But then after Lister play has sort of gone in for a bit, People seem to have calmed down about it. I, I think that still, like, my take on Lister play is, like, it shouldn't have a positive impact on things. It really should just have, like, no real impact, right? It should just be, like, a – it's sort of there. And it's kind I feel of like it's an artificial life. impact. And I think exactly. it's going to tears next That's month. That's my view. <laughs> yeah. I think it's an artificial impact. But at this point, I would have I would take an artificial positive impact, right? Like, that was mm. that was okay for me. Um, but like last month or two, I've seen a lot of stability to uh, in what it seems like. They're definitely pushing holding cards, and we're going to get onto that because the in fact we're probably going to get straight into that. This whole so we're going to run through. I'll, I'll talk you through today's running order with the product roadmap. Only ETH offers is a little toggle now. There's a setting we wanted to talk about. I've got a little story to tell you. Pump permission where you're going to talk to us with three players. You're going to give us a feature you'd add to the platform. We didn't do listeners' questions this week because I felt we had enough to talk about anyway, and I scheduled this as I crawled out of bed at about noon today. Um, fair play to you for being awake, Sean. And then you're going to play the cap cop, and we're going to go to bed. Um, so that's the plan. Let's just launch right in. So this roadmap, they launched this update on May the 11th, so it has already been a week. To a lot of people, this is old news, but it hasn't been talked about on this podcast, so I feel it's only right to do. The collection game launch, we're going to get into the weeds what are your initial feelings or gut feelings or what's your initial take? Because, I mean, this is just further going in on that list or play, promoting, keeping cards in your gallery and not selling them. So uh, if, if you guys listen to the Server Data Strategy Show with, with Laird and I, Laird makes fun of me on it because he's basically, I said, I don't care. I don't care about the collectability aspect at all. I never have. Um, most likely never will. There won't be much of an impact on it, but it, it leads to a good story here out of it. But... I just don't really care that much about it. I think that there's obviously going to be some minimal impacts. Uh, for me, I wish it just didn't impact gameplay. I would like to have seen the collectability aspect lead towards like uh, jerseys or points or experiences, different things like that. I don't love the fact that it naturally or unnaturally will give people advantages in the actual gameplay aspect of it. But I think it will be minimal impact, so it won't really matter. So anyways, on the show, I said I don't give a shit. And Laird was like, well, I can definitely see how you would not care, but other people would care. And Nanzo was in our chat. He's like, yeah, I don't care at all. This is stupid. I'm never going to do it. Literally last night, Nanzo had a tweet that he ended up going and buying something from a collectability aspect to bump his card. So I I'm apparently the only one still holding strong that I don't really care. Mm -hmm. um, not saying like if there's a spot where, oh, I can get 
six guys an extra one percent if I go spend ten dollars I, I won't go do it like I'll probably go do it but like I'm not gonna, I'm not sitting here looking through my gallery being like oh man I have this guy and this guy I really need to go get, get this guy this guy and this guy or like I can't sell it I'm not really thinking of it that way mm. you see I actually thought it would be different I thought people who play in the lower divisions where there's so much competition anyway or maybe maybe that's where the marginal gains would matter more but I, I just kind of felt that the one person that jumps out to me in this whole thing is YNWA. He's going to have an extra 5% on pretty much every card, isn't he? Which um, means which means that it, in Unique and whatever, when you're all fighting for podiums, if all five of his cards have an extra 5%, I just, I don't know, I thought those people like you and Nanzo who are actually competing with the likes of, well, he's the most renowned collector there is who plays at the highest level across all divisions. I mean, this is the biggest win he's had in his time on Rare, I'd say. Yeah, I, I actually I expected a lot more drama to happen because of, of all people on Sower, he's got to be in the top one of like people that benefit. Hundred percent. If you look at his because, gallery, it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, you just plot down an extra. You, it's literally like here is five percent to your entire gallery. <laughs> it's literally yeah, 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 what it yeah. was. I mean, not not fully, but yeah. So like, it definitely is impactful. Like, it's definitely not great that he's just gonna have an extra five percent on all of his cards going forward. And I I don't love that per se. Then and that goes to my discussion of I don't thing like imagine if they're just like um oh hey the more carlos gills you have you get percentages and it's like well that's not fair because sean just got natural like just dumped free yeah because i have like loads of danny parejos i was kind of thinking oh i'm gonna get loads of bonuses but i don't (laughs) no and and it's i just don't love that you just get gameplay related advantages and even so like this was a big plus for whales in general and of all things, honestly, of all things that have ever been added, this is like one of the biggest like whale benefit items that has ever happened. And I don't, I, I'm surprised more people haven't complained about it. Unless they have, I haven't seen tons of it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I didn't see much of it uh, on the show we did and what, where we talked about it. There wasn't tons of complaints about it. I would have thought it would have been a lot more negative because like the difference is if you have a big gallery and you have the financial means to go add cards, you can go add a collectability and boom, you have 5% to someone else that has one. And it's, it's pretty substantial uh impact to the players that would be thrown out there in lineups um so i i think maybe more people should have been more upset about it but again it's i don't think it's gonna be a massive massive difference because like getting to five is really hard getting to like four or five percent is really hard getting to like one or two percent is super easy so you're talking like a minimal amount where like mm-hmm. you're talking one to two percent difference but again one to two percent still adds up sometimes that might be the difference between a first and a second on a week and if that's the case, that's not good. But yeah, I would have really liked to see it, the collectability aspect enhanced, just not on the gameplay front. Yeah, I'm having a look there. We're going to get into it, though. The scores themselves and how cards are given points. But yeah, I think it is. It's a weird one where I actually really like the idea of it. I do. And I'm ha- I just wish it had been there longer or something. I don't know. I feel like such a big change to gameplay being just thrown in it kind of makes me go ugh. like this is just like it throws everything out of whack and certain people massively win on this but then the other side of me is like if it's the right thing for the game you have to just do it anyway and i do think it's a good move i do like it i think it adds a whole other game it, it really act it actually does make collecting fun and i think it's a really clever way to do that and that's something we've called for for so long and i didn't quite think the world cup albums really did that you know, there was no real benefit to doing it. Whereas now, it's like there genuinely is a benefit. And if the one of such and such comes up, and, you know, maybe... Uh, pick any example. You're, you've got a wee Crystal Palace stack, and next season, and you've, you've bought your five players going into the next season, and all of a sudden, some random... The 23rd man in the squad, or whatever, 26th man in the squad, whatever the fuck they are, he's coming up, and it's his one over his jersey, mate. And you're thinking, do you know what? No one cares about this guy. But maybe... I do now, and it does add a way. It's it's another game in itself, and I like that. So I think I like overall. I think I'm happy that it's there, and I'm not bitter that other people are going to win, and I'm not necessarily because I do have quite a not quite a lot, but I do collect a bit. Yeah, but I don't know. There's something about it. I think whenever you bring the game, the integrity of the gameplay into question, and that's what people build these galleries for. It always has to be like extra scrutinized. The, yeah. the whole thing is based on the gameplay and what we can yield and when you like someone's investment or whatever the fuck you want to call it someone's input is like 
changed overnight because of a change so rare pull out of their arse. Even if it's a good change, it still just sits a bit weird. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Well, and even like you just said, like the, the example you just gave, that new card that's coming in auction in the new season doesn't matter to your collection mm-hmm. because the collection is by year. Yeah. So your 2022 Crystal Palace cards doesn't matter if it's a 2023 Crystal Palace card because it won't go to that collection. Yeah. So it makes it just a bit more tricky. And also like the fact that it's by year and then also by scarcity, it makes it kind of funky. But that, that goes back to what we were just talking about with YNWA with um it's hard like unique super rares like those are difficult to get to like a collection aspect because you you're not really getting like 15 uniques from one team in one year right Mm. but ynwa is so all of a sudden he's gonna have a um additional five percent whereas you have one percent like it definitely adds in uh so I, i definitely think some people will do it my my takeaway though is like the people that already enjoyed collecting are already doing it this isn't really incentivizing them to collect more. I mean, I guess it is, but it's not it like def- I think it is. I would disagree. I think it is because I'm gonna go and have a look at. I'm gonna have a look at my gallery now and see like who are my main cards, like next season. Who are my main cards? And I will go and I will search and see. Is there anyone I could pick up for like super cheap that's gonna be like worth the bang for the buck here? You know, if I have a wee random, you know, like a, a random old Anderlecht card from nineteen where it's the doku or whatever and yeah. that doku's looking op until he gets injured again and i can go and pick up some random retired guy from that same season's jersey mint for 18 quid i might be thinking you know maybe maybe that's that's where the the key is right like i, I think the spot where i would consider doing it is those key players the guys that you're like this guy's always going to be in an important <laughs> lineup and, it's, and you're looking at it and you're like all right, I can bump him easily like 3% instead of like having the 1% that he has. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what are the numbers again? It's 0 to 35 is 1%. And then Let's, it was like... Do you know what we'll do? We'll get to that. We're going to run through very quickly the collection game rules and the just the, the actual roadmap, what it says. So why do it? I'm not even going to read that because you get a bonus in the game and it's fun to collect. Collection game rules. So every licensed club will have one collection per season and scarcity aside from common cards. So basically... Every season, a team will have a collection in each scarcity. Each player card's team collection eligibility is determined by the team logo on the card. So, for example, if a player in your collection album moves clubs, his player card will only apply to the previous collection, not the collection featuring his new club. That's a bit wordy. Does that mean if he starts off in Anderlecht, there's Anderlecht cards in the first half of the season, then he moves to Napoli, and there's Napoli cards in the second half, each one only applies to each club? Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, um, Each card will have a collection score based on the criteria that we're about to talk about. Cards listed or included in trade offers will not receive a collection score. So basically, you need to keep them bad boys in your gallery. You go trying to sell them, they don't count. You need to stay loyal. Each album will have a total collection score based on player cards in that album. There's a maximum of one player card. I want to talk about this. There's a maximum of one player card per album. Duplicates are not allowed in albums. If you have more than one player card eligible for the same collection, the card with the highest collection score will count towards your total score. And I know I'm biased, right? Ultimately, it's minimal gains. It's all limited, and it's all Danny Parejo. But I want to ask, why? If we're talking about collectability, why why do that? Why not give a bonus for subsequent cards? Like, I literally have... And I mean, like, okay, look, I know I'm biased, but let's talk about it for a second, because there'll be other people in similar... Um, places right if I go on let me just search a player Parejo and if we go to his season so what season is this the 2021-2022 cards right I yep. have his special edition game week 200 card I have his special edition ticket card I have his special edition player of the year card and I have his one of a thousand card Yeah, I would argue even if it wasn't me and take the bias out of it I deserve some sort of a fucking bonus <laughs> that's extra. You know, I don't I don't get why the I, I don't get it. I don't get it. No, I so I mean two examples of this. Laird and I said we're like, why do you not reward people for like having the rainbow or completing the rainbow and having multiples of one card? And like our our, our friend Andy Black. Andy Black has 110 Fred Emmings cards. He should get a hundred and ten percent bonus. <laughs> exactly. Like, why is he not why is he getting punished for collecting the player instead of the team because like the, that's where football's going right yes yeah, it's, it's it's like there's it's the same thing there's 
there is team collecting and there's player collecting. So like he is still collecting just in a different way, but he's getting no benefit from that collecting mm. uh, aspect. He has to be doing team or they don't care. And and to me, I definitely agree with you. I think that you should be getting, being able to do stuff like that. Um, I think it would make quite a bit more sense, honestly. I'm going to call it and they never really change. They do change things. I think they have to change that because like, again, to reiterate, on my gallery of rares and super rares and a few uniques, whatever, we're talking about like four limiteds here. So this really isn't game breaking for me. So don't think I'm like that biased, but it's like, I just think it's stupid because yeah. when you look at like actual card collecting, a lot of people collect individuals. When you look at where football is going, a lot of people, particularly in the so rare community, don't follow clubs, they follow players. And I think to take out, I would love to go and like buy into like, you know, picking up, who else do I love? I love a lot of players. But imagine just being like, you know what it is, Kamavinga, I have his like Jersey Mint Rookie Ren card. Now, I don't know if there's much more in that collection I could do, but let, let's say I wanted to go and like get all the Kamavingas that are special, or like whoever the fuck it is. I just think yeah. it's a weird thing. Like if you're going to encourage collectability, I don't get why you would do that. I think that was an arbitrary kind of decision thrown out there in a wee room. And I don't know why I think that. Oh, I think it was just I not wanted thought to, out properly, right? I, Yeah, I want it to make sense. It's it's really not that big a deal, but I just yeah. wonder what the logic is. And maybe there's something glaringly obvious that me and you aren't saying here and everyone's at home slapping their tail and saying, John, come on, man, you're better than this. And if that's the case, I'm sorry. But like, No, I mean, maybe, I maybe there's it. a way to do it differently too, right? Like maybe you have team collection. You do it like how they just present it, right? And then you have a player collection where it's like, if you own the rainbow of a player from limited, it's hard to to count like uniques because uniques are obviously very difficult to get. But like, say you own um, X, say you own the rainbow, like you can get a percent. And then say that you own like every five of each value you own, you get a percent or something and just cap it all out at 5%, but have different ways to get to that 5%, whether yeah. it be the teams or the collecting of the players or collecting of whatever reason I so like i know i know surface to air missile i don't know if he did it anymore but i'm pretty sure the first year of the mls he bought all mls rookie cards every single mls rookie card that hit the market he bought one um i think there was like 50 i think he did it in like a limited selection but he bought all 60 MLS rookie league rookie cards in like 2022, the first year they did the rookie cards. That's a cool collection, right? Mm. So to me, I, I agree with you. I think that they looked at the collection aspect and they just like looked at a very small segment of it and went with that. But maybe, maybe they added other aspects to it later down the road or yeah. uh, maybe they didn't maybe, think yeah. about it. I just want to know like, what's the reason for that rule? Maybe, maybe there is a reason, but um, yeah, I, ju I just don't really get it. But I had something else to say there, but I fucking lost it. What else did I have to say? Da, da, da. Yeah, like it, it's it's all about that. If you cap it at five percent, just have different ways to get there. I get that player albums means you, there could be thousands of albums, but you know, even within the the album, like they could start, you know, you could display it nicely with the UI where it's like the twenty whatever cards, different players, you know, the blank spots, and you fill them one each, like the goalkeepers, the defenders, the force midfielders, yeah. and if you get some cards, they kind of stack. And then it's like, oh, I get like a plus X or plus whatever points. Or you reduce the amount of points for every subsequent player. Do yeah. you know what I mean? But to a, a cap as well. But like that, basically, you, you should get something else, I think. Even my two trends, I should get something for having two, I think. Yeah. But anyway, each player card contributing to the collection score will receive a collection bonus based on the collection score of the album. And the collection bonus is an additional scoring bonus on a player's in-game score and will apply in competitions where XP applies. So... If the card is in your collection, you're going to get 10 points. If the card was not listed or transferred in the last 90 days, that's quite a long time, 10 points. The card has a maximum one owner, 20 points. So basically bought off auction or you want it as a reward. Special edition card designs worth 20 points. Number one serial number is worth 30 points. And a jersey number is also worth 30 points. So that's how you rack it up. So if you had a jersey mint player that you bought off auction... It would be worth 30 plus 20, 50. It'd be worth like 70 points if you haven't transferred it. Yeah. wonder are any of my special edition Dannys? No, they're not. If they were also like a jersey or something, that's like an OP card, isn't it? Could have been like 100 points or something, yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, like, like I won a Kimmick. Like when I won my Kimmick Rare, it, it ended up being the jersey mint. 
So I won the Kimmich jersey mint rare. That's amazing. I won so the Coco jersey like, mint rare or a while ago. What? I won the Coco jersey mint rare. Like Yeah. So all of a sudden, like, that's like a 70 points. So now let's look at what you need to get to certain levels. And then we can be like, because like Kimmich, right? Like Kimmich's in my high-end lineups every single week. If I have the option to upgrade Kimmich by like 5% for like 100 bucks, I'm going to do it. But I'm not going to spend like $3,000 to do that. Yeah. Um, the collection album scoring system then. So if you get 0 to 34 points, you have 0%. 35 to 99 points, you're getting a percent. 100 to 249, you're getting 2%. So I think, yeah, you're right. That 1% or 2% is very easy to yeah. get with a couple of players hey, or maybe a, a handful. But then yeah. went to 3%, 250 to 499, 4%, 500 to 749. Like, based off what we've said, like, that Jersey Mint, what was it? Jersey Mint. Yeah. Jersey Mint guy you bought off auction, right? If you bought a Jersey yeah. Mint off auction, right? That's worth 70 points is what we come up with there. You yeah. need to do that 10 times or like, well, actually, you need to do it 500 points worth. So you need to do it like seven, seven or eight times to get yeah. 4%. So it is actually like to get up to those four and five percent. It's quite a big uptake. Yeah. Um, getting, getting the three, getting the three is reasonable, and get, getting like yeah. one, one is simple. Like one is literally you just like win the card off auction and you don't sell it. it doesn't have to be a special or anything. And I think they did that intentionally because they set it at the limit where if you like list it once, uh, you don't have that one percent anymore. Um, but like getting to like the three percent range is reasonable. Uh, getting to two is is pretty simple. Yeah, yeah, that's clever. The zero to thirty-four points means that if you buy the card, it's in your collection. So if it's in your collection, it's had max one owner. You've got thirty points, and if you haven't listed or transferred it in the last ninety days, you've forty. So if you yeah. just hold that card for ninety days, you're on the one percent. And if you do anything, it's gone. So that is they've done that on purpose, which is clever. Yeah, but here's the question I have. So like, let's say I win a card off auction right now. Do I get that 10% for not listing it in 90 days, or do I not get that 10% until 90 see, days? I think it was transferred to that day, wasn't it? So I think well, that, that's the question. Is like, does that count as a transfer or no? Because technically in that situation, you're the first owner and there's technically no transfer. I know what you mean. I think um Or or do they count it as like a transfer from somewhere for you buying? Yeah. I would I would have took it that way. I yeah. think you have to assume it's the worst, but if you start buying players in the one percent, oh wonderful. But yeah, in a nutshell, to wrap up the collectability bit, I do like it. I just think there, there's obviously a couple of wee bits, but there's always going to be a couple of wee bits. Yeah, you know, in the first iteration of anything, and what, I mean, maybe there's other things that are going to break this system that we're going to work out in the next few months. We yeah. can always change it, but I, I think as a as a as a principle or as a gameplay kind of mechanic, I like it. No, I, I mean, I, I understand that. Like, I it's one of those things. I don't. I don't plan to, to do it much. Like, it's not interesting to me. It's not something that I would enjoy doing or anything. Mm -hmm. However, like, I will in certain spots just to get my, my points up. But uh, I definitely see why people would, would enjoy it. Like, if you like to collect, it just gives you a more incentive to do so and more interest of doing so. Mm. I've just had a look at a couple of random ones I have. So I definitely have, I have a few Anderlecht Super Rares from back in, like, 2019, 2020, or in 2021, 20 years ago i have a couple of rain super rares this season so maybe like you know going to pick up another wee one i've definitely got a wee bit of a chelsea collection coming for next season but the problem is they're all different scarcities and everyone's laughing. Actually the same thing with chelsea by not intent at all everyone laugh at once please mm -hmm. um but then it kind of you know what it does it leads to a really awkward one for me where like collectability wise i have the enzo fernandez river plate card but it's going to make more sense for me to have this season's card than to stack with Badia Chile or yeah. fucking Reese James or whoever. Mind you, Badia Chile is a super rare, so it wouldn't even work for different scarcities. You get my point. It's going to lead to really tough um, decisions for people. We'll move on. Training update as well. So the training experience has been a challenge for a lot of the community. Blah, blah, blah. They've revamped it already. But starting from last week... They're taking another step toward defining the manager onboarding experience and as the training competition will become the academy competition. In the academy competition, the top 500 managers will win the following US dollars amounts in ETH. So the first place, they're just throwing more ETH at the table here apparently, which is great. Uh, 500 quid for first, 300 for second, 200 for third, and fourth to 500th all get another $5. So it's like an extra wee threshold. So that means basically 
your training lineups now become five extra stabs at a fiver. Yeah, but there, there's one issue with it. Do you know what the issue is, John? Okay, let me read more. This, in addition to the XP collected by player cards, revolving the training experience and introducing e-throws for a number of reasons. The rebranded academy becomes the first competition with XP and e-throw awards exclusively. No additional card rewards. Provides opportunities to test more game modes. Makes existing and future club shop items more engaging, so they're going to try and sell you stuff for this game mode in the okay and we rebranded training to academy to avoid introducing new competitions to make the game lobby less cluttered i feel like this is a game of where's waldo or wally or whatever his name is can i find the problem oh the the problem is not listed there john the problem is very obvious but it's not listed in the wording so the problem and it makes is, it absolutely asinine is the problem that wheels will have more training lineups therefore they'll have more chance no okay go on tell nope. me the problem the what's the problem with them giving free ETH? well there's no problem with that the problem is is that they like made this as a way to like for everyone to win and get like five dollars but they're there's like 40 hey, billion guys. training lineups <laughs> they're like hey hey guys you know what we should do we should allow legends in there that's and a big fucking problem yeah <laughs> is that what they've so, done so la yeah they, they, they'll they change that they have to change that they allow legends so like i have no issues with the scarcity bonus. so like last week sagan won he won the the whatever it's called now the academy he won it with probably a 30 eth unique lineup it was like a bunch of massive end uniques and they all had a good game so you had the 40 percent bonus so they smashed literally everyone else in the top 10 had like three or four legends because like you just oh i have tadich so you just sit there and you run out cry you run out Cryf and van basten ix legends all right they each ripped 100 can you play max three or is it no no you can play you can play five you can play five if you want wow i mean grand so play five legends and the scarcity bonuses count therefore like the best teams are going to be like super rare legends because people no, are unique legends there, there aren't that many super legends to really have that many super legends in there and like goalie goalie super rare or goalie legend is just goalie of whatever team they're on yeah that's so not like, worth it so like goalie doesn't matter per se but like um so like last week, like I have an extra Beckenbauer, boom, Academy lineup. I have an extra Ronaldo from PSV, boom, there. I have an extra Hulet, boom, there. So all of a sudden, like literally my Academy lab last week was Mike Mignon, a uh, Beckenbauer rare, or Beckenbauer limited, one of the two, I don't remember which. Um, a Hulet rare, because I had an extra one that I don't use. A Ronaldo limited, because I had an extra one that I don't use. And then another legend i think i played hiero just because whatever um and i won my five dollars twice i won twice because i had two lineups that were very similar because i had like 15 legends in my mm. my gallery so i just threw a bunch of legends in there yeah if i was to give you my honest thing there i think it's a case of that's broken and they need to fix it because that's just not fun do you know what no, i mean it's, it's not fun it's, it becomes a legends academy and i mean i get that if it's just not fun, is it? You you want everyone to have a fair stab, and that's just not not it. That's not the no. Way. Yeah, you're, you're literally you're not winning that unless you have a shitload of uniques that pop off, or you just run a bunch of legends. Because like, I people used to argue, and I think this has sort of died off. But when they like first announced Legend Lamp, they're like, I'm just gonna run one legend and then run four non legends, and it's like, cool, you're gonna lose. And yeah. they're like, but man, <laughs> I once won a tier three rare after six months. I'm like. Great. Again, you made my point there. Like, I won a card 80% of the time. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's broken. But yeah. I like I like the, the idea of, like, oh, training actually kind of matters now and I can win money. But equally, phew, yeah, that's broken. All they have to do is get rid of Legends and it's fine. Yeah. Like, if they get rid of Legends, then it's totally fine. Because then, like, I'm going to look at my cards and I have some bad uniques. But I might run a bad unique there because all of a sudden I get... 40% compared to yeah. 5% or whatever. 100%. Um, the referral program's updated. I don't think this is going to excite too many people, so we'll not waste too much time. But basically, it goes from Tier 2 Limiteds up to a Tier 4 Unique card with rares and super rares in between. All these valid referrals and blah, blah, blah. K-League coverage. Um, no update. Everyone's frustrated. They're going to try and find a solution as quickly as possible. But they are going to do a K-League 1 special weekly competition at the end of May. Um, so that kind of gives you a chance to win other cards with your K League cards and at least sort of dampen the blow a bit. The J League's launched. 
I think that they are, I think so rare, honestly, is this will surprise people. I think so rare is as frustrated by the Kaylee situation as users are. I think so is very frustrated with the Kaylee situation, how negatively um, it impacts them, but there's just nothing they can do. And it's, and that's an unfortunate situation for literally all of us. I agree. It's like no one wins. Do you know what I mean? Like what if so rare got the game here? You know, they're pulling big licenses out of their arse left, right and center. Do you really think, you know, that they're scrimping on the K-League because they just don't want the K-League? You know, it's like, no, it's a, probably a real logistical, just really hard problem to solve. I, yeah. I'd be the same now. I, I don't think that changes how frustrated you'd be if I had a big K-League gallery and I empathize with that. But I I do, I, I, I agree with you that I don't think it's necessarily that like, I mean, it's obviously easy to make sure we're the bad guys here because they can't make it happen. But I feel like, they're going to do anything realistic like within their powers to make it happen. Um, the J-League launched, which is lovely, but sure, we've talked about that before in the podcast. IF, IPFS data and shit, Sean, do we care about this? No, I don't even know what that is. Yeah, trust and transparency. I'm sure it's a wonderful thing, but I ultimately don't care. Yeah. Um, a bit more, well wishes, all wonderful. Next topic we're going to talk about very briefly is the only ETH offers toggle now in your settings. So you can toggle on across the three different um, games, football, NBA, and MLB. You can accept only ETH offers, which prevents managers from proposing cards as part of a trade to you. They can only propose ETH. So I, I think it's a good ad. What I the, think it's a good what ad. What are the positives? What are the positives? The positives are that people bitch and complain a lot about getting shit offers with cards and trades, and this can eliminate that. So all the, and, and this is a lot of people. A lot of people are like, oh my God, I hate getting trade offers. They're shit, yada, 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 yada. Um, and this this fixes their problem. So I think that is is a positive. Um, so I have, app, I actually have no negatives to this, this update. I think it's a very good update. I think it only brings positives to the people that want it. Cause, cause it's pretty easy. If you, if you don't have an issue with it, you just don't put it on. Um, and people that do have an issue with it, do put it on. The, the reason I would never put it on myself is I have a pretty substantial gallery. I would imagine I get more offers than most everyone on the platform. Not like, obviously like Pavel and like the traders and stuff, they're going to get way more offers. But like, I imagine I get more offers than you probably do in a day. Um, and it's like 10 to All 20 right. offers. Humble brag much? Do you want to no, put like, on the table? How, how many, how many <laughs> shit joking, offers do you get a day? Less like, than you. It's true. Yeah, I'm, like, only, I'm only even a shit stirrer. <laughs> yeah, like I get like 10 to 20 shit offers a day. And like yeah, 99% of them, they're shit. Do you want me to be and, honest with you? Can I, can I, can I, I'm going to confess something live. I it. haven't looked at an offer I've received in two months. I don't wow. even look at them anymore. Too, too rich over there, guys. No, it's not even a too rich vibe. It's a too fucking pissed off. I'm well, sick of it. The amount of people that send me offers for nothing, that send me offers with the national team cards for other cards that look the same color, that send me offers that are just way out of balance. And if it's limited, because I give all the limiteds away anyway, it's like, I'm not going to check the value of this bundle deal. And I know that you've probably hustled them and put that in and it makes sense, but it's like, I... I don't know what, and that's probably why my gallery's been so static recently. I've fallen out of the love of that side of it because they went to bullshit you have to deal with. Now, I have traded, but it's been off me going and leading that trade. Um, but it's, I don't know, it's just trading. I might, I, I would debate turning this on. That's what I'm saying. Like for you, and for you, it might, it might make sense to turn on. But I mean, that clearly those people have read those tweets talking about you making millions of dollars a year off sober, John. Is that so, all? Millions. Yeah, they, they, they know that my have, job for millions, yeah, millions a year. They know that you, they know that you have the ability to give them gifts, John. That's why. But that's it. Anyways, back to it. Like the reason why I never turn it on is like, yes, ninety nine percent of the time it's utter bullshit and utter trash. But one percent of the time you get a deal out of it, and that's worth it for me to to keep it open. Maybe you've convinced me that I need to keep it open because that 1% is higher than I thought it would be. So maybe I'll keep it open and maybe I just need to start looking at these offers again. I swear to I, God. I'll give an example today and it's a shit card I have, but I literally, I sold this card today. So I did not have this card listed, but I also really didn't care about this card at all. So anyways, it was a, let me go to my offers received and I will start Because it started like completely trash with like just dog shit players. So I wanted Joao Pedro from, I don't even know where's that, Fenerbahce? Yeah, Fenerbahce. So I won Joao Pedro super rare. So the guy started out by sending me two super rares. I didn't even look at it because I'm just assuming it's a horrendous trade. 
Then he sent me an offer with three supers. I'm like, that's got to be a horrendous trade. Then he sent me an offer for 0.13 ETH. And I'm like, all right, well, maybe that's actually an amount I would check, I'd consider. I went to check. I'm like, oh, this value's probably around there, maybe a little bit higher. And I sent a counter at 0.15 um, that we then went back, or point. I sent him a counter at like 0.175 or whatever. And then we went back and forth a couple of times and we eventually made a deal at 0.15 but maybe that guy never would have even offered me if he mm. couldn't have sent those trade offers first or maybe he would have went straight to the, the cards the eth or whatever but anyways like if i didn't have it listed i never would have got that to begin with i never would have gone down that path and i wouldn't have sold that card for 0.15 ETH that i that i ended up selling so for me it's just sort of a thing of like yes there's a nuisance behind it and there's annoyances and 99 of the time you just get some dog shit that you don't want to deal with mm. but one percent of the time you might get a deal out of it that you never were expecting to get yeah so yeah you've convinced me i'm gonna keep it open and maybe just start looking again but by god it's infuriating and i'm happy it's there as a as an option i'm sure a lot of people will be over the moon jumping for joy i always love going to my settings page because when i scroll down it i always see my referrer was quinny on the 20th of june 2020 coming up on uh, three years better. since i was referred it's, it's nice seeing how is quinny getting on let me click into his gallery there there it is, the big Celtic Hall of Fame with the wee Florian Verts. Um, anyway, what's up next? There was a setting change that everyone got excited about that I think might have been removed since from the UI, and I can't see it. Something to do with Fate Wallets, and do you know what happened? Yeah. No, so it was active for me for like 10 minutes, and I saw it. But it looked like you are going to now have the ability to decide what you want your rewards to be in. So if you want your rewards to be in ETH, they'll be in ETH. If you want your rewards to be in USD or Euros, they'll be in USD or Euros. And then it also makes it seem like you're going to be able to withdraw uh, dollars straight into like a bank account, uh, which is a, a huge positive to me. And I, I did see some people complain and say like, oh, we're getting away from the crypto aspect of it. But like, here's the thing, right? If you are a big crypto person and you are a big soccer fan, you're already on the platform. Like that that group and that demographic is here. The demographic that is not here is, John, you travel a lot right now and you run into so many people you probably talk to sober about. And you run into, let's say, John Smith at Liverpool. And you're like, hey, John, I got this great game that's a fantasy game. They got the Premier League. It's awesome. It's better than FPL. And John Smith is like, oh, man, that sounds great. Uh, let me let me check it out. Oh, you got to deposit ETH and it's going to take me like 15 steps to get to it. And it's a pain in the butt to cash off. Yeah, I'm not interested. Yeah. But you say, hey, John Smith, you can deposit 100 pounds on, on the website. He's like, done, goes and deposits his 100 pounds. So I think to get the masses and get the, the amount of people that the platform wants and that we all want, you have to go down that path. So I'm glad that we're looks like we're getting there. 100%. I've <clears throat> banged that drum for weeks now on this podcast. Whenever I do manage to get one out, and I'm sorry about that, everyone. Um, but yes, I just think like it's the biggest change the platform is going to see this year. I think it's going to be huge. Particularly initially, you'll see, I think, a surge. And obviously, I mean, this isn't me like groundbreaking, but obviously we'll see a surge at limited level first. And then the hope is that those people get more into the game, realize how fun it is and trickle up the divisions. But like, when you... like. Because right now with 20 quid, someone could come in and go to the semi-pro and then try to, you know, go up yeah. through the kind of academies and the different limited and common games and the cap whatevers. But yeah, I just think it's the biggest change. And that wee sentence change was just another... It, we know it's coming. Nicholas has been very vocal that it's coming. So I don't think it's like... I don't think that sentence change is like a leak. It's just like, oh, this is how they're going to do it. They're going to have... You can decide what way you want to receive your cash rewards which is nice right you ready to break us up a little story of the week sean yeah i can't wait to hear it okay so over all inclusive seven days five star resort beautiful a little bit expensive but you know when your best friend's getting married you kind of have to just say okay a question your friend brings you abroad for a wedding i'd love everyone to give me their take on this not brings you abroad you have to pay it cost me like two and a half grand to go you know, by the time you pay for the all-inclusive accommodation, the flights, do you still have to give them money? Uh, I would say no, but I, I'm typically less in the gift-giving front on that perspective. Like, to me, that's the gift, right? The gift is you're spending $2,500 to and go week to... week of my time. And the week of your time to go to the wedding. So my answer would be no. I don't actually... So here's a question for you. What is, like, a standard 
gift that you would give at a wedding for, so, for like Europeans? In Europeans, so in Ireland anyway, for me, I think the kind of the, the vibe is you at least cover your attendance and then probably yeah. a little bit. So if sure. you were going as a couple, I think in Ireland, the kind of going rate's probably 200 quid. Okay. That that's similar to what that's, it is here. I mean, yeah. It it's typically I would say at least where I'm from it's typically like 50 bucks a person or maybe 100 150 a person depending how close well, that's you are. That's a big difference. Yeah. Like so it's 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 in the ballpark. Um yeah. that's that's what we do. But no, I I would say that it I would I did something I would probably not give a gift in that situation and assuming like obviously like you're not going to a destination wedding for someone you're not close with. I'd be like Hey yo, I'm not giving you a gift because I spent twenty five hundred dollars to come to your wedding. Mm. But I also don't make millions on sober like you. So I mean, well, you see, I, I normally give about when I said two hundred, I meant two hundred G's. Uh, oh my bad, my bad. Oh, yeah. That's that's more in line with what that makes more sense. I, I'll tell like a very quick side story, which isn't the main story of the week, but and I just hope none of my friends listen to this. I don't think they do because this is the pettiest thing I've ever done. I don't even know if I want to out this. <laughs> I'm just gonna fucking say it. Basically, a mate pissed me off a few years ago. Um, didn't have me as part of like a groomsman party, and I was the only one a bit excluded and whatever else. That was okay. Took it in the chin, whatever else. But my table was like right down the back, you know, down with like the you know the dodgy people who you don't know where to sit, and all my mates yep. are up at the front. I was fucking livid, and I'd brought the cash. And I'd brought the card and they were in the room and I'd planned to give him like 250 quid. But I went up and I stuck 50 quid in the card for two of us and gave it to him. Fuck him. Yep. I was so annoyed at the time. But anyway, that's the... Uh, geez, this this pop, this story of the week bit's coming out, like bringing out the worst of John. Like two weeks ago, I was bullying yeah. a granny and then now I'm doing that. But that, That's this, reasonable. I think that's that's the, the, correct, the correct answer. I have a standing note to all my friends i'm like if you need to cut someone just cut me i don't care i don't want but, to go <laughs> yeah i'm like i do not care but we i definitely my wife and i uh when we were dating still uh we got invited to her cousin's wedding in chicago and uh and we get there and we it, it's very clear hopefully my wife doesn't listen to this which i can guarantee you she won't um so that, that's plus three but like we get we get seated there's like i don't know like 50 tables or something and we get seated at the table it's very clearly the table of oh i wish you just wouldn't have came i table and it was the i don't give a shit about you table and i laughed about it because i kept making fun of my wife because it was our cousin i kept making fun of uh my wife about it all uh <laughs> all weekend i'm like well at least we know where we stand in this situation yeah yeah it's well yeah that, that's it's hard not to take it personally but at this wedding seven days all inclusive lots of drink all free. It's a really good place, to be fair. Um, Olympic Lagoon Pathos. I'm sure there's a listener who's been there before. Nice food, loads of drinks flowing, cocktails on tap, you know what I mean? Espresso martini this, a wee pina colada there, and a mojito, and then let's try again. Let's try... Do you know what? I haven't had a rum runner before. Let's try one of those. You want a hurricane? Let's go. Five, six days drinking, things getting messy. Go into... So out by the pool, there's a little toilet. Um... There's a couple of toilets around, but I sit down in this cubicle and it's one of those where it was like, I needed to get up and I needed to go. I needed to go. So I run into this toilet and I think no one's there. Well, one was engaged, so I knew someone was there, but I went into the one next to it. And it's that one where it's like, I can't hold this. I just need to let it go. But I just let it go. Like it was like synchronized with the person next to me. So there were the only two people in the bathroom, to my knowledge, and at the same time it was this like <laughs> whatever that noise even is, just this horrific noise from both. We both knew the crack, and then it's silence, and I mean like pin drop silence. No, no, no little like spa music in the background. No taps. No hand dryers. Silence, and all I hear is we're brothers now. <laughs> And I'm sat there, right? I'm like, what do I do? So I just put my hand down towards the little bit where there's the little gap. And he touched my finger, like a little this. And I didn't say anything. And he got up and he washed his hands and he left. I wiped my bum. I wa wa washed my hands and I left. And I have no idea who it was. Didn't even see his shoes. Nice. So I have a brother somewhere now that I'll never see again. Or maybe I will. Maybe our paths will cross, but... It was just a very, very intimate moment that I wanted to share with everyone. So that's the story of the week, Sean. That's a good story. Hey, I, I respect that. It's time for you to pump some players, though. Three players for us. 
Um, I'm just going to let you kind of freestyle it, you know. I, I won't interrupt too much, but you might hear me tapping away in the background, probably buying them all. But um, hit us for your first one. Well, Under first, 23. before we go to that, John, I, I went I went <clears throat> pure on, like, John Nellis mode this last week. I bought, like – I so my, I have a rule, by the way. I will not pump players that I, like, just bought or that I'm selling because I find that disingenuous, so I won't do that. But That's the whole you, point. <clears throat> you probably haven't looked at my gallery recently. I bought, like, I saw three, Doku. Yeah, three pure sex John Nellis type buys this week. I bought a Doku Come. super rare, a nope. Cherokee super rare, and a uh, Arta Guler super rare. What are you on? Yeah, you literally sure. picked up a Doku super rare. Jesus yeah. Christ, Cherokee super rare. Like I just, like, I just spending. know you're like dreaming of that. You're like, <clears throat> you see these three cards, you're like, these are like, oh, you're you're super pumped about this. But hundred yeah, percent. So, so, so three cards. That, double pump here um i mean it wouldn't be fair for me to be on a show and not say carlos gill right yeah so he's your wild card he's you know yeah carlos gill best player he, on the platform yeah the goat uh th did you see you might not see this either john so we saw him in person this weekend in miami did you did you see the video i tweeted no so carlos gill has an amazing run and a weak-footed goal and i'm behind the net we're behind the net that he's in and i had a lineup that was podium worthy in uh in all-star rare pro with carlos gill in and he drowns like three people weak foot right footed shot to the corner you just see me in the background going like this celebrating as andrew laird sitting there on his hands not celebrating because he doesn't yeah he's like no i'm gonna have to listen to this for another three years yeah but yeah you can literally see me in the video carlos gill scores and you see this moron in the background jumping up and celebrating it was me uh so I carlos gill Next person up that I'll talk about is actually someone more people have been talking about recently. And the reason why this is funny is he actually, I believe, was the first card I bought on the platform, period. Uh, and that's Melly Muhlenstein for Vitessa. So they have moved him into like a DM role recently. And he's been unbelievable in this role. Like he's just ripping off AA in, in most good spots. Like he had 51A against Camber, 43 against Excelsior. 37 against uh, NEC. He had a 67 AA against uh, Go Ahead Eagles. So, like, he's moved in this role. He still has U21 and U23 eligibility next year. Uh, and he's looked good. There was, like, a slight rumor of, like, him possibly even going to, like, Ajax and replacing Edson Alvarez as, like, the DM role. But I don't, I don't know if that will happen. But it sort, sort of seems to me like he's really come into this role really well for – Vitesse over like the last 15 like you look at his L15 and starts for Vitesse like he's got a really strong average of like 57 and his AA is really good um and then the last person I'm going to bring up is Abdelkahar Kadri who plays for Kortrike and he's been rumored so first of all he's solid as it is like if you check his game log at Kortrike and you see like his sort of longevity he has upside in his game he has great AA game yeah. uh he's been really solid He's been rumored to Bruges recently. Uh, so if he goes to Bruges, I could see him becoming quite a good card there uh, for the platform. And he still has U23 eligibility as well uh, next year. So I'm on my way to buy them. You, you, you've got me. Uh, you, already, you already have a card. Let's go, right? Nope. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, you definitely got to go get that. But these other two, yeah, they're both cheap. They're both yeah, the other two are both cheap, both reasonable buys to to get that aren't super cost effective uh, or super expensive. So, like, I think they're they're reasonable players for people to get. I'm being a cheeky wee bastard as well. Like, I'm sending offers that are definitely cheeky. You know, like ten percent lower than what they should be, and then we'll hopefully have a little bit of back and forth, and then I'll pay what I should have paid. But you, you know the game. Not I thought you were going to say you were sending some some terrible trade offers to them. Uh, not trade, just just ETH, all ETH. Oh, Nanzo, I'm about to send Nanzo a cheeky one. Nanzo might say, fuck off. <laughs> it's always bad when you do it to someone who you know. <laughs> yep. I, don't, I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> Let me see. <laughs> Maybe I'll just send the cheeky one to the other person. <laughs> or should I send it to him for a laugh? Fuck it, we'll send it to Nanzo. If he accepts it, then I'll be like, oh no, it wasn't cheeky enough. <laughs> right. Offer sent. Right. You've got me in, because uh, I actually won a cadre uh, last season, um, and I always thought, geez, this guy scores well when he plays, but I didn't have, I didn't hold him. I think someone came in for him. 
and when I did a clear out at one stage and I'm inevitably picking up a load of shite now that I'm going to end up having to do a clear out of at some stage but that's what we do around here Time for so rare research and development. Oh, quick one, sorry. So that was last week or two weeks ago when we did this. Someone was like, any chance you could be really clear who the players are because they couldn't find them. So that was Mele, M-E-L-L-E, Muhlenstein. I'm not going to spell it out, but he plays for Vitesse, you'll find him. And Abdel Kahar Kadri, who plays for Kortrijk. Um, and Carlos Gill doesn't even, he doesn't need any sort of explanation. Sean, time for you to hit us with your feature you'd add to the game. So feature I'd add to the game is Late Swan. Uh, or rolling lock, whatever people want you would to call do it. that hands down. I would do it. The reason is for me, the game is about fun for people, big galleries, small galleries. I do understand the negatives. I understand the uh, the negatives that come with it. I, I think the positives override the negatives in terms of what we get. What? Um, they can see my nipples for fuck's we, we sake. Had, we had tits out there. Yeah, tits out um, if you're watching. Yep. So you have a situation here where I just think that nothing is less fun than having a DNP or, or an injury that a guy that just doesn't start. It's, it's awful. Like the, you're sitting there, you're waiting, you're excited for your game. You're like, Oh my God, my life's great. I have a shot to get the first podium in three weeks or three years. Like what? Yada, yada, yada. Boom. DNP, your guys out injured. No notice, nothing. Mm. Just pound salt. Um, and, and so, like, even if you have a big gallery, you're like, oh, my life's cool, good. I can't wait to watch this game on the weekend, yada, yada, yada. Boom, DMP, your life's dead. Your whole weekend of watching those games is over. So for me, I think that the positives of it are better than the negatives. But I totally, and I also like, here's the thing. People say that like, oh, then I have to spend so much time on my uh, computer and I have to do all that. Well, like now it takes me eight hours on like a Thursday to build my lineups. Whereas like, if I have this feature, I don't have to spend as much time on my line because I can put in like this guy that plays like in a late game and then I can just check throughout the weekend. And like, let's say that like you have a small gallery and you have like say two lineups and the, those two lineups consist of guys on like five teams. Does not take very much effort to 2 p.m. on a Wednesday. Okay, Bayern plays at three. I'm going to pull up the Bayern line. Oh, Kimmich's in the lineup. Oh, Gnabry's not in the lineup. I need to remove him out of my lineup, put someone else in. So I just think that they're like the, the thought process of that there's a lot more time that will go into it um, is is bad. But and, and the negative is also that it is beneficial for Wales. And yes, it is. I, I and that's but that's not why I'm advocating for it. I that's why, if anything, I would I would not advocate for it because of the benefit to the Wales. Um, but we talk about like when when do we have like a feature that gets added? Where it's not like, oh my god, the whales got benefited to some degree on this, right? The whales always benefit because it's yeah. almost like exponential, or it's like the bigger your gallery, the more the benefit generally you yeah. can receive. Because if it if it's a positive for the platform and it's a positive for everyone, yeah. maybe that's bullshit. Maybe there are just benefits that are better for minnows. Maybe, maybe, but like some of the benefits for minnows might just make the platform worse or or something like that. Like I don't should you yeah it's always that question of should you not reward those who spend the most it's just Correct, anything in life you know what i mean if you resist that come and talk to me don't at me yeah. i'm like you know the people who spend the most are going to get the most rewards and benefits that that's how it works because that's what yeah. this is it's a business people they want people's money and if the people who give them the most money are going to get the best benefits yeah and so anyways like i do understand the negative so and i totally understand why people would be very divided on this situation um and i'm not like to me, it would make the game a lot more fun for everyone because your your lineups yeah. would just never be dead. Also, it would incentivize buying of cards, which is a positive because let's say your lineup's dead uh, or is really good, and all of a sudden you have a guy out that isn't going to play. If you can go buy a player and plug him in that week, like that incentivizes you to go buy him or, and stuff like that. Or let's say you might have a guy that's questionable. Like let's say like last week, Messi. We didn't know Messi was going to play, but you need to have a guy in your lineup before the week starts, or you can't use him. So all of a sudden you're like, well, I'm going to go buy this other guy in case Messi doesn't play. I at least have someone to plug into that line. So I, I think there's enough pauses with it that uh, it outweighs the negatives. Do you think it would work that if you your player drops out and it's 45 minutes to kick off or whatever, you could buy someone from the market and slot them in? I think you could do it either way. You could either yeah. do it that way or you could be like, you cannot plug someone in your line that was not in your gallery before the game we start. Yeah. And I, I think, think either way would be fun. Yeah. I think that like doesn't necessarily... It probably... I, th I think that would annoy me if, if you could change it because imagine the person ahead of you 
or the person you were chasing down or the person behind you or the person that was chasing you had a lineup in where their big players had played and had some wee ropey guy. Basically, oh, actually, I don't know if I'd like it at all. Because imagine, like, you, you knew what it was and you were like, okay, all I need is, like, Milan, I need them not, I need Leao and Tonali not to do well or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. And then they they all of a sudden come in and go like, do you know what? Because they're chasing the top spot, they go and they take out a decent card for like super card because they're like, I can win if right. I just have the super card. So like they go and they get rid of the mid tier guy and they just go, oh, fuck it, let's bring in an X, and then your heart's broken. Does that make so sense? So the way that I would the way that I would counter that is I would give a I would have a like penalty if you brought in a sub. Uh, like you lose 25% on the player. So that means like you bring in Mbappe instead of like whoever, he might not even be a better player than him. It's, it's just there. Like if you are in a situation where like you have a guy that's out and he's not going to get any points, obviously you want to bring someone in. You want to make it so that they don't just like leave Mbappe on the bench and then wait for the best lineup and then plug Mbappe in as the week goes. The you want it to be like, if you take Mbappe out or take this guy out, for Mbappe, it might not even be an upgrade over him. Yeah. But if this guy's just pure out, you can bring in whoever you want that at least will get you some points. Because, mm. like, sometimes you'll have lineups where it's like, man, if I get, like, 30, 40 points, I'll get a decent reward, and then the guy's just out, and you just get nothing. And it's like, man, I really wish I could have got someone that got a, a some sort of a reward. So um, th- there's definite nuances that would have to go into the thought process behind how to do rolling locks, but I would I would do it and figure out what makes the most sense to do it. Sean, how many hours a week do you think you spend on SoRare data? Um, I would say, well, so I like actual definitive time, probably like thirty. But like, I literally just sit there with like twenty tabs open. Hours, baby. Well, I, I, I would say I spend at least a couple hours a day, and then Thursdays take me like six to eight hours a lot of the time to do all my lineups and do all my research. Use the lineup builder. Oh yeah, you. I I don't know how you could build lineups without the lineup builder. That's that. Sign up using the link below. Code John Nellis. Love it. No, I, I, I don't. I, I couldn't anymore. The lineup it, builder it, is just too valuable, particularly when your gallery gets to a certain size. Yeah. I but think if like, you're building like three or four lineups, like you have to have a line builder because it's just not functional to do it on server. It's just so much more functional to use the server data line builder. And the amount of times it'll flag something for you or give you a piece of information you didn't have. Agreed. Like it constantly gives me a wee flagger like, oh, why do 14% of people think he's definitely not playing whenever I would think he's 100? Or, exactly. you know, even just small things like, oh, the win percentage, I thought that was more of a mismatch because of like predetermined biases I have where I thought Spurs were a good team. Great example for this weekend is like, if you don't follow enough, you might have uh, um, June Ichimori for... Uh, uh f marinos the goalie well he can't play this weekend because of his um his loan he's on loan from the team they're playing gamba well it shows on server days 95 percent out of the squad mm. if you're not paying attention you don't know what the loan situation is of juni chamora you might just play him because you're not thinking that he's on loan and all of a sudden boom your line's dead yeah. whereas if you're looking at sober data you now have an idea that he's coming in the lineup or he's out of the lineup i agree so sign up using the code below the link below or code john nellis my name for two weeks free at the top tier and you can try all the features yourself sean are you ready to play the cap cup this is where you're going to try and outscore the cap of three players by as much as you can so who are the three players you're picking so first guy i'm taking is serge Gnabry. he's kind of been on fire recently uh his l15 is only 45 uh, they do have a bit of a tricky matchup this weekend. And again, I think the best way to like approach guys like this is you're going to typically have guys that may or may not start sometimes um, because that's how it goes. But he's played 90, 90, 71 minutes and has four goals in his last three. So I'm going to imagine he's going to start here. And with an L15 of 45, he's got a pretty good shot to exceed that by quite a bit. Uh, second on my list is going to be Nicholas Ismat Mirin from Vitesse. His L15 is 41. They have a very favorable matchup against Groningen. If he plays, um, he should do quite well. And then here's my risky pick that literally, as of this recording, I don't even know if he's going to play. But I think Courtois might be out for Real Madrid this weekend because um, he's just carrying an injury. They have absolutely nothing to play for. I think it's a good spot for them to give Lunin a couple games, especially Mm. this weekend. 
So I'm going to take uh, Lunin, who has an uh, L15 of nine. Figuring if he starts and doesn't even do that well, he should still uh, exceed his L15 by like 25, 30 points. I like the Lunin pick. Do you think, is the Lunin opportunity one with like a limited there where we know how this market goes? Do you think he starts, people get all excited like they did previously and you could just flip a few Lunins? I don't think so because I think he's done that enough that it's Annie probably... Of under I'm trying to see if... I'm trying to see what it was last time he started with limiteds. Like if there was a spike. There was a spike. Yeah, there, there's very little spike. You could do it. Last time he started, he went from like... Point you know, like two and a half X. He likes two X. Yeah, he liked two two and a half X last time he started. But I think the difference now is there's less of the season to run. He runs out of under twenty three yeah. and just over a month. So yeah, be correct. buyer beware. Cool. Have we anything else to talk about? We didn't do listeners' questions this week because I pulled this out of my arse late notice because I literally got off a flight and home at five a.m. and it's Thursday. But I said, do you know what it is? I've neglected the pods recently. Andy Laird made me feel. Joe, Andy Laird made this pod happen. He messaged me and he said, "Like, when are we ever going to see a podcast again or something?" I was like, "Oh God, if he's thinking that someone else is going to at me, I need to do it." And I wanted to do it. It's just that I'm away, and even next week I'm away. Away. The funny thing with Laird calling calling you out on that is Laird didn't have any shows last week because he was on our trip, so Laird had no content last week. Piece of shit. Anyway, Sean, it's been a pleasure. People can find you at PSU Fans Two. Anything else to plug? Suppose the the podcast no no not really i mean you guys know where to find me uh so we're a data strategy show we record usually on mondays uh usually have some good stuff going on there they do have good stuff going on there i can vouch for that sean new study we'll talk to you soon